0: Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. As we are uh, playing musical chairs with the mics, amen. We'll stand. We can go to the word of the Lord today. Amen. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, The word of the Lord says, And to Jesus. The Mediator of the New Covenant, and to a blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on the earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which can't be shaken uh, may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Isn't he a fire? Do you believe that in your life? He is, his spirit is, his word is a consuming fire. Amen. And so I want to preach to you today from this title The Shaking. The shaking. Turn to a few people around you and greet them, shake their hands as you're seated today. Amen. Thank you uh, to all those uh, for their birthday wishes and uh, all those good things. Um, it's one of those becomes the time of the year where you just kind of hope you forget about your birthday. I guess, right? That's how you know when you're getting old, when you just uh eh. Hopefully nobody says anything. Hopefully there's no big balloon displays out there. But uh, somebody's always keeping track. Amen, and so thank you to all those who are doing that. Um, I guess it's uh, turning 40, so I guess it's, they say it's all downhill, so we'll see. Not true? Okay, that's good. That's good news. <laughs> to those who are gone before me, uh, that's good to hear. Amen. We're all in this together, right? At least I'm all getting on the side of the hill with everyone. A lot of people, a lot more people, I guess. Amen. So, um, uh, according to uh, data out there and reporting, uh, it seems that there is an increase in activities in the world, uh, earthquake activities throughout the world. The, uh, The National Earthquake Information Center Uh, says they locate about 20,000 earthquakes every year across the world. 20,000 earthquakes a year. That is approximately 55 every single day earthquake happens. 55 earthquakes will happen today, and that is about one of every 26 minutes an earthquake happens. Uh, An earthquake has already happened since we started service today. And probably one or two more will happen before we even leave here today that is based on the numbers and the average. But they say the average year will have uh, 15 major earthquakes. Um, And a major earthquake is considered one that is at least having a magnitude of 7.0 on the Richter scale, so average, we need, uh, the world ha- is going to have 15 of those. And the average states that there's going to be one earthquake that is going to be above eight. Uh, so 16 of them, one was a, a, a major, major one, and the rest are all major. They all seem major to me. Um, so far this year, the world has only had six earthquakes measuring in the sevens. Uh, And no eight yet, so I guess uh, we are behind schedule this year, and it is rapidly closing. And just last Sunday was the biggest earthquake of the year, a 7.6 magnitude earthquake over in Papua New Guinea last Sunday. And on this past Wednesday, there was a 7.0 earthquake near Vanatu, Vanatu, where uh, our most recent missionaries went to and where uh, Brother Galan was speaking about, those uh, Amers went there as well this past Wednesday, 7.0 earthquake. But didn't Jesus say something about earthquakes in the last days? As a sign of the times... In Mark 13 and 8, he says, For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. Well, I think 2022 can pretty much check off that entire verse. Uh, And Jesus said that things are just getting started when that happens. And so I believe that we are uh, getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ. And this world knows it, whether uh, they know it or not. But I can tell you this physical world knows something is happening because of the activity and the the shaking that is happening in this world. I believe this creation, this world knows that the, the creator is coming back soon and that we are running out of time. And so we need to make sure that we are awoken. Uh, by uh, what is happening so that we can draw closer to God. Amen. Has anyone ever experienced an earthquake? Being in Florida, uh, we don't really, thankfully, experience that, uh, really. Uh, But I felt uh, one when I was in St. Louis years ago, and it was, uh, I don't know how big it was. I don't know if it made the news or not, but... All I know is I felt the ground shake, and uh, that's good enough for me. Uh, That can, in my mind, that's like an eight, because where I live, it doesn't shake like that. Uh, So um, it wasn't anything major, no mass chaos or destruction uh, ensued after that. It was maybe just a small tremor, but that feeling of the earth shaking and trembling beneath your feet is something that you just don't forget it feels like that the earth is just groaning and, and and belching uh as paul even kind of mentions that in romans chapter 8 he says for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in paint until together until now and so There is a groaning out there that this natural world is is doing and it travails in pain because it is waiting uh, just like we have experienced a liberation and a freedom from the bondage of sin. This world has not experienced that and there's a groaning and a trembling and a hunger for even the very creation of the world to be released from the bonds of sin. I'm thankful for the day that I found Jesus, and he poured his spirit into my life, and I I went down in the watery grave in the name of Jesus, and I came up a new person, a new creature released from the bondage of sin, that this world does not have a hold on me any longer, but Jesus has a hold on me, and I'm going to make sure he doesn't let me go, that I don't fall out of the hands of my Savior, because he has brought me into a life and liberty that only he can provide And that comes through the power of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus that provides uh, the freedom and the liberty uh, from the bondage of sin. And so um, whenever you experience the ground shaking beneath your feet, and we can talk about it, but words don't do it any any justice, but you just have to experience it for yourself. But uh, the ground that is shaking beneath your feet, the thing that is immovable, all of a sudden starts to move. The ground that has always been there, the ground that is so hard and and so compacted, the the thing that your home is built upon and the, the buildings rest upon, that thing starts to shake we have this inherent confidence in the ground beneath our feet that it's always there, it's always going to be there. Uh, A complete and utter trust that the ground is not just going to wash away the next day, that you can have confidence that you're going to wake up and it's going to be there tomorrow. And we never think about it, and that is why it can be traumatizing because when it does shake, where where can you go where can you go when the ground beneath you is shaking where do you run uh where do you run to where is a place of safety uh when everything that is even built on top of this shaking ground is shaking as well Uh, you can run and hide inside a building but who is to say that that building is going to stand up keep staying if the ground keeps shaking and that building keeps shaking, you've got no real safe place, uh, do you, to to run to when that ground begins to shake? And in desperate times like that, the. The only hope that I have, the only confidence that I keep is in the mighty hand of God that he can keep me. He can watch over me. He can keep my foot from stumbling. And while the earth is shaking all around me, I know that there is a firm foundation that my feet are planted upon, and that is the rock of ages. Uh, That is Jesus Christ. That is the great I am, the great cornerstone, stone of my faith, and the word of God that I know is always going to be there. No matter what kind of shaking happens, I can stand upon the word of God. I don't have to worry about any settling to take place because the word of God is forever settled in heaven, amen, and that provides me confidence that I can stand upon that, that rock and that stone, and that's foundation because it will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. Amen. That is what we can stand upon even when we are standing on shaky ground. And so when the earth shakes, it is the uh, shaking that causes the damage, uh, obviously. The ground may actually crack. And match actually open up, and obviously whatever is on that crack won't be there any longer. Uh, That's maybe one thing that I uh, can can go my whole life without seeing is the earth trembling and then an opening up. Uh, That's uh, probably another traumatic event that uh, we don't want to deal with. But the majority of the time, we don't necessarily see the crack, the earth cracking. Uh, we don't see any of that happening down here, uh, but I, I, I guess a sinkhole is just kind of slips up on you, but uh, talking about the shaking and the trembling, um, most most earthquakes, at least from what we can see uh, on the news, uh, it's not just doesn't crack open uh, and break apart and swallow things on the surface, and it, it can and maybe it does, so many of them are so far underground or underwater that... Uh, we don't see that happening, but it is the shaking and the trembling, the the violent rocking back and forth that breaks things and loosens things and causes them things to fall and no longer stand. Uh, it's the shaking that does that. And we can only speculate as to when uh, human beings first encountered uh, the earth shaking uh, given the bible uh, examples in the bible we we can only speculate it doesn't necessarily uh, say when it first happened but uh, we weren't around when the earth was formed and when God went to work dividing up the earth and the heavens and the firmaments and all these things there, there was a much a much dividing and separating and and so, uh, not sure if earthquakes were happening, but it's, it would probably seem like there was probably a lot of things happening. And so, whether we can't really comment on whether the earth was shaking or not, I would assume so. Uh, when the waters were dividing from the waters and the land from the sea, a lot of things were happening. But, uh, but the next time that the earth shakes, uh, man is around. Well, only a few were around, but they were floating in a boat, floating on the surface of the water. So I'm not really sure if Noah felt the earth shaking or, or heard that deep groaning deep down beneath them. Uh, but Genesis records this earthquake, if you will, Genesis 7 and 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened up. So there was, there was a breaking that took place deep down in the earth, and all of a sudden, fountains of the great deep began to uh, uh, surface and come to the surface of, of, of whatever God had uh, inside. It's, it would seem like there was water inside the core of the earth, Uh, And then this earthquakes happen and all of a sudden the fountains are broken up and all of this water comes out to help flood the entire earth. You need a lot of water if you're flooding the whole earth. Uh, And So God had some reserves deep down beneath, but uh, it will take an earthquake to break those things and to release them into the world. (coughs) So the earth shook and it released and unlocked the fountains of water from the very deep that helped cover the entire earth with water, uh, which uh, the way in which God had decided to bring judgment upon the earth. The world was that bad where the Bible says that every thought in the minds of the people was only evil continually. Continually. That's how bad the world was, and it got so bad that God says, I got to destroy this world. It is so bad, and we think that our world is bad. We're still here, so that means there's room for improvement or whatever uh, whatever where we're going to put in there, but uh, not improvement in the good way, Uh, but... Um, And so the world is bad, and of course it's going to get worse, but it's not so bad right now that God says, that's it, I've had enough. And as we've probably had enough of it already and saying, man, Lord, why, what are you waiting for? We've had enough. We want to get out of here. This all, all of this needs to come to an end. But there's still some souls out there that God says, hey, I still got some grace. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. There's still people that need to receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus' name and come to an altar and be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues There's still a harvest of souls out there that God sees, and He's going to draw them in by His Spirit. And so, until the day comes, we got to be ready and prepared for whatever God has in store. Amen. So, uh, that's how bad it was in Noah's days. And I believe, obviously, we are uh, fastly. Uh, approaching that day getting nearer and nearer to the point of judgment for this world that uh, on the timeline of humanity I believe I believe that we are in the final seconds the final countdown of all of time I think on the timeline that's where we're at we're so close to the end and so how close are Uh, How close we are to the Lord saying it's time to shake the earth again and not with these little sevens and eights and nine magnitude of an earthquake no that's already been happening for hundreds of years but there's going to come a shaking in this world like never has happened before uh, because God had said I'm going to come and shake it one more time and that is going to be like nothing else and that is going to be Uh, in the day of judgment in this world. Hebrews 12 and 26 says, Whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised. Here's another promise. We like the promises of God, don't we? We like the promises of God here. Now God has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. So if he already shook the earth once, he's saying, I'm going to do it again, but this time I'm going to be shaking heaven as well. Talk about a shaking that is coming. There's coming a shaking, one that hasn't happened yet, but it is promised to happen. And it's not only going to shake this earth, but the heavens will be shooken as well. Uh, California has been talking for years about the big one. Well, let me go ahead and confirm that. The big one is coming. Uh, The earthquake of earthquakes is coming. The shaking of shakings is coming. And I hope that you are preparing for it because this shaking is something that you're not going to be able to survive unless you have the hand of God in your life. In the irony of it all, is that there isn't anything that humanity can do to prepare itself to withstand this earth when it shakes. Yes, we have better designed buildings, may help out a little bit. But there is no guarantee that that building will stand through a, a major hur- a major Earthquake. Better building materials might help some, but still there is no guarantee that it will withstand uh, an earthquake. While there isn't anything we can physically do to better prepare ourselves to endure and survive this earth shaking, especially when the big one starts, and what uh, what did Hebrews tell us? That God has promised to shake the earth once more. We can get a glimpse. Thankfully, the Lord has filled in the back of the book, so we can kind of cheat uh, and look uh, look ahead at what the future holds. But we do see uh, earthquakes happening in the Great Tribulation period, the final seven years on this earth as we know it, and Revelation six and twelve. It says and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Every mountain and every island was moved. That's that's an earthquake. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? I can't imagine being in such a world. And the wrath of God is being poured out so much so that people run and are asking and begging for the mountain just to collapse on them because they don't want to face the Lord. But as great as that earthquake was, that is not the earthquake that I think God was talking about. Because in Revelation 16, even later, towards the end of the seven years of tribulation, the one we just read is, can be put more towards the first half, towards the beginning of it all. In Revelation 16 is the end of the tribulation. And this says, there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great, I think that might be the one God was talking about that he's going to do one more time. And the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and and every island fled away and the mountains were not found think about the shaking that took that has to take place where every mountain on this earth just disappears it's not found anymore there's a lot of mountains out there and there's a lot of big ones but there's coming a shaking in this world that God is going to shake. And every mountain that uh, exists now will never be able to find it. And every island is just going to disappear. Uh, and talk about a shaking of shakings. Uh, and so let me ask all the smart people, what What can man do? What can we ask the most civilized, the most sophisticated, the most educated, the most technologically advanced society the world has ever known, we can ask them, what can we do to prepare for a day like that? What can we do to ensure and isolate ourselves to protect all of our progress from such an earthquake and such a shaking What can we do to be ready to face the big one and to be confident that we will be standing when the shaking stops? You see, that's a different thing. We can prepare ourselves and thinking that everything is going to be okay, but once the shaking starts happening we really begin to find out what our house is really built upon. It's either going to be built upon the the soft sand or it's going to be built upon the rock, uh, the foundation that is, we'll not will not be shaken and will not be blown over and will withstand whatever comes against it. And that foundation is the Word of God. And so that is why we open the Word of God. That is why we read it. That's why we study it to make sure, hey, I'm building my house the proper way on the right foundation, I'm building with the right material so that there's going to come a day when there's a shaking going to happen and I want to make sure that my, my life and my soul and my home is prepared for whatever God has in store and we cannot go wrong and we will not be misled if we stand upon the word of God. God's given us the blueprints. It's just a matter of if we open it up and read it. There was a time that God winked at ignorance, but now that we have a physical copy of his word, he's not winking at that anymore. And so what a, what a segue into something that Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both uh, soul and body in hell. And so people are preparing and, and protecting, and they're trying to insulate and ensure the physical from any kind of uh, endeavor, any kind of earthquake that happens, any kind of shaking uh, that's going to happen. But that is all futile. That is all, that is all in vain because we can spend our whole life building up something and trying to make it as secure and safe as we can, uh, but it's not going to be untouched when this world shakes. Jesus is saying as much time and energy and effort that we will put into our assets and building our 401K and building up our retirement and building and guarding our nest egg as much time and energy and effort we put into something physical jesus says you don't need to worry about the physical because they can destroy the physical you need to be putting your time energy and effort into your soul because they can't they may destroy the physical but they can't kill your soul but if you do the right thing and seek the kingdom of god first and his righteousness all these things will be added unto you and you're going to create a place of retirement out of this world on streets of gold where this world cannot take things away where moth and rust they cannot corrupt it and so if we put all the time that we do in our earthly retirement towards our eternal retirement we might be doing things right And as this world is being turned upside down, where literally we've reached the day, and I never figured out how this would happen, but we are here now. We've reached the day where good is now spoken of as evil, and evil is spoken of as good. Evil is glorified. Evil is being magnified and paraded around and pure uh, abominations are being glorified and, and praised by this world. Meanwhile, uh, the good people, the good deeds, those are the ones that are being labeled uh, evil people and terrorists and bad people and that we need to get rid of. Uh, we are in the world where good is now evil and evil is now good. And I don't really foresee any way of... Flipping that around, any kind of uh, next president or new government, the only way that I think that all that gets shaken out is when God shakes things. Because the evil is so deep in this world and entrenched in this world uh, that it's going to take a shaking, not just a shaking of the earth, but we need a shaking that shakes the earth and shakes the heavens. And that God says, hey, I promise I'm going to do one more time. I'm going to do a shaking that's going to utterly shake this entire world and the heavens. And that's the only thing that's really going to turn things around, I think. Been We've been... Building up for years and preparing for years our retirements and 401Ks and things. And, uh, it, and what everyone's saying, get ready to see some red numbers. Get ready to see your nest egg get shrunk uh, coming up with, the, with uh, the way things are going. And, uh, and so I mean, think about all the time and energy and effort we've put into that just to watch it just value. The value just drop, drop, drop. And you know you can do about it. Take all of the money out, and, and, and you have wads of cash, and they just say, well, inflation's now 25%. Now they're just eating away your money that way as well. Uh, both sides, it's getting, it's getting devoured. Uh, and uh, so hopefully, I've said a few months ago, uh, hopefully uh, we are we're on the Joseph uh, diet plan where you stock up a little bit more every time we go to the grocery store. Simply just because I don't think the prices are going to get cheaper. Uh, So simply because, hey, this is the cheapest it's ever going to be, at least for a while. Uh, And and then God knows whatever, God forbid, anything worse happens. Uh, But so um, uh, we can always uh, prepare for the worst, but we're putting our faith and trust in God, right? And so I'm not, I'm not the, the glass kind of half-empty kind of guy. Frankly, I don't know how an apostolic can be a glass half-empty person. Uh, in my mind, it's not half-empty. It's not even half-full. Uh, but the way that Jesus describes it and the Bible speaks, in my mind, the glass is overflowing. Right There's an overflowing. When you're an apostolic and you're born again, there's a springing up, a a well that is coming up, a river that is coming up out of your belly. And so is the glass half full or half empty? No. There is no glass. Why? Because uh, when the river starts flowing of living water, uh, that glass is going to get blown away. That glass you talk about, that's carried down river. So is the glass half empty or half full? I say there's no glass because there's a river took it away. There's that much water uh, flowing out of it. And think about it. You hook up a garden hose underneath that glass, and don't tell me that that glass is going to stay there forever. Uh, All that water flowing out is going to blow and roll down somewhere and get carried away. Uh, And so, uh, that's what the Holy Ghost is designed to do, to have you a source of life, a source of joy that this world cannot take away, a source of peace that does not exist in this world, because it comes from the heavens, it comes from God, and that source is inside of us, and uh, overflowing, springing up like a living uh, waters flowing out of us, Uh, and so we should always uh be uh more than optimistic we should always be hopeful that god's gonna do something great a miracle is always around the corner uh anything can happen a healing can take place at any moment why because there's a well a spring that is flowing at any point at any time god can do anything uh and so it's not half empty or half full it's that god has just taken over And so, uh, contrary to what you might think, but this sermon is not uh, doom and gloom. It may seem like that right now, but uh, I'm not done talking. So, um, I'm not done talking about the shaking. Because when the earth shakes when our world groans when the ground beneath our feet violently trembles all that we see and know is the destruction that follows the first thing that we focus on and it is reported on is obviously a death toll god forbid there's a death toll but Many times with an earthquake, there's going to be a death toll, and it's just a matter of how big it is. And we hope and pray that there is uh, none affected by it. But we know uh, life and we know the reality is that uh, things happen. And we know that human life is the most important, but uh, we can't help but to see buildings collapsing, Bridges that are cracked and, and, and have broken down, and water lines and water mains are snapped like a, like a twig, and uh, they are ruptured, and water's pouring out everywhere, and power poles and lines are, are pulled down, and there is mayhem and destruction after an earthquake, after a shaking. That way of living is halted and hewn down and everything has come to a stop and no doubt though it's a time of pain and sorrow a time of brokenness and a time of loss but it is that the end after the shaking is that how is that how the story ends is that how is that just it just it ends with just utter desolation well that's that's the end of that no what happens after the shaking is that everyone comes together and begins to rebuild and new life begins to bring spring forth man starts to rebuild and Old buildings that have collapsed, and now we're building up new ones in their places, and bridges that have cracked and been built and been torn down. What happens is we build new ones. And infrastructure is the veins of life. They are reconnected and restored, and life begins to flow once again. Hence a, a new life coming forth after the shaking. And and homes and lives are rebuilt upon. A new foundation, not upon the old one, but a new one, is now laid, because of the shaking that took place. It was sounded uh, uh, horrible and and uh, fearful and dreadful about the the story of Noah and the earth opening up and uh, the the waters and the fountains of the deep being uh, poured out and spewing out upon the earth and. Causing judgment and, and destruction across the entire world. But if we stop there, it it ends terribly. The, the end of the book is horrible. I mean, just a, a mass utter chaos and destruction. Millions and billions of people are killed and wiped out, and 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 and, and what a what a, a terrible way uh, to end the story. But that is not the end, is it? What happens is. The story continues, and the waters begin to recede, and the ark rests down on a mountaintop, and all of a sudden, there's a new world. A new world exists now that did not exist before the flood. Even if it was the same terrain, which I don't think it was, if this amount of earthquakes and shaking had to take place, uh, I think things probably shifted around a bit, uh, but a new world. Noah walks out into a new world, one that he had never seen before, all because a shaking took place. And we can focus on the dread. The dreadfulness of it, and the dreary, and the darkness, and the the breaking, and the suffering, and loss. We can focus on that, but that is not the. That's only half the story. The other side is, hey, something new is coming out of that. A new life is springing forth. New seeds of, of life and trees and growth are coming. A new world is now existing that did not exist before. But a, a breaking and a shaking had to take place in order for that to happen. And on Mount Sinai, there also was a shaking that took place. And I think maybe maybe this might be our first uh, encounter uh, of man's response, at least in the Bible, man's response to uh, the shaking of the earth. Uh, The people of Israel there as God miraculously brought them out of uh, the land of Egypt into uh, the wilderness onto the way to the promised land. And so here uh, the people get to see their Savior face to face in some aspect. But also it's not a nice meet and greet as they may have thought and prepared for But this is the God of heaven coming to speak to people on the earth. And so there was a a bit of a shaking that took place. Ground shaking and mountain shaking. And so it wasn't a pleasant experience as recorded here in scripture in Exodus 20. It says, and all the people saw the thunderings, the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. They said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. I still can't imagine the, the confession that they said. We don't want God talking to us. What an opportunity they missed out on. We would rather have a, a mediator, a man interpret things and we'll just trust he heard everything right and Moses said unto the people fear not for God is come to prove you and that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not the people stood afar off and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was and so we pick up that that account in uh, Hebrews chapter 12 (laughs) It says, for ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which voice that they heard and treated, that the word should not be spoken to them any more for they could not endure that which was commanded and if so much as a beast touched the mountain it shall be stoned and thrust through with a dart and so terrible was the sight that Moses said i exceedingly fear and quake so not only did was that mountain shaking and And just thundering and lightning and sounds and groanings and uh uh, what a what a sight that was and even moses said uh it's it's a little scary here but moses reassured the people that this is don't be afraid of god he's just wanted to make sure you stay afraid of him and that you have a healthy fear and reverence for god because uh, if every time you encountered God, there was this uh, fear, uh, <clears throat> there was this trembling and shaking and voices and trumpets sounding, it would probably help you to live a good life. Make the right choices. If, if you heard uh, you made a, a, a bad choice and that, that mountain just thundered and shook, you probably wouldn't make that choice again. And yet that was the whole point of this encounter with God and his people was so that they can see God and they can say, okay, I better make sure I, I walk the tight line and, and stay on the straight and narrow because I've, I've had an encounter just even yet a far off. And I, this is too close for me, God. Uh, we're going to back up and Moses, you go up in there. You talk with God. You tell us what he said because we're so afraid of this. But yet... The irony of that is that when Moses went up there to talk to God, as they said, what happens is they're down there building idols, dancing around a golden calf, the very, the very thing that they should not have been doing, and, and many people paid the price for that. But that just shows you how far they were from really connecting with God. But yet they came to that meeting meeting place where God wanted to make sure that there was a shaking that took place not just physically but God was trying to shake their very soul and their spirit to say, Oh, that God is a mighty God, and, and I had better walk in the ordinances and the laws and the statutes that He commands because I felt His literal shaking, and it, and it shook the very feet uh, in my soul, and so I'm going to make sure I follow after Him. Hebrews, verse 26, skipping down to 26 whose voice then shook the earth. So there was an earthquake. The the earth shook, that mountain shook with thunderings and lightnings and clouds and darkness. But there was a a shaking that took place when he began to speak and the utterances that were going forth. But, But now he hath promised, saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven... And this word yet once more signified the removing of those things that are shaken as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And so God is speaking here not just from uh, the mountain of of Mount Sinai and and not just speaking uh, through Moses, but now he's speaking from heaven as if, He came to the earth and began to speak himself, and not using a man or not using a prophet, but the very voice of heaven has now come to the earth, and he is speaking. And so uh, now the the earth has shook on Mount Sinai, uh, but there's coming a day where the earth and uh, heavens are going to shake again as well. And so that is what we see as we read in the book of Revelation at the end time, we see that earthquake that happens that has never happened before. And it is uh, encompassed with that whole entire scene of the the great tribulation and all that happens. And it, it really is a dreadful time. It really is a scary time, a time to be afraid, yet uh, people so afraid that they're running into the mountains and, and asking it just to collapse on me. How do you get to a point where mankind does that? There's got to be a lot of fear and dread in this world if, if everyone is asking for a mountain to be slammed on top of you so that you don't have to face God. And so we see that happening, the world is utterly being transformed through the great tribulation, uh, the seven years of the earth, and such a terrible time, a terrible scene and terrible words that are describing what is happening, death and chaos and and other torture and and half the... Half the population is wiped out from the face. Four billion people gone. uh, And there's not even enough time or space to bury all these people. And we're talking about uh, an apocalyptic world. But that is not the end of the story, is it? All of that shaking has to take place. Why? Because something new is happening. This... The heavens and the earth will pass away, and we see what happens is the, the this world and the heavens are, are kind of just destroyed and broken and ripped apart. But what, what does the Bible say after all this happens? He says, I looked up and I saw a new heaven. And a new earth coming down. And so in order for a new earth to come, there's got to be a shaking and a breaking and a tearing down of this current world, of the old things, the the things that are dried out and and distorted and, and, and and tarnished by sin. All of that has to be broken, and it happens through a shaking. But yet as fearful as that may be, a shaking has to happen. If we want to see something new happen, if a new earth wants to come, this old world has to be shaken to the point that it just breaks and something new can spring forth out of that. Musicians, if you would come and think about it in relations to a, a tree. What is going to happen if a tree is violently shook. What's going to happen is there's going to be things that uh, break. A lot of breaking is going to take place. Branches are going to snap off. Uh, Limbs are going to break. Leaves will be scattered all all over the ground. And um, uh, any dead branches are not going to still be on the tree. But that shaking will... Help to remove anything that is dead or decaying because it has no more life in it. It has the, it doesn't have the strength to hold on. And so during the shaking, all of the, uh, all of the dead branches are going to snap off and fall to the ground. All of those things we, we may not really pay much attention to them, uh, but they are affecting the tree in a bad way because they can be blocking the light. They can be blocking sunlight. But if you go into your tree and you cut out all the bad, dead branches, it's going to bring even more light into that tree. And what's going to happen is, pretty soon, there's going to be some new life coming out, uh, new shoots, uh, new branches coming out. But first, what had to happen is, uh, a shaking had to take place. That old rotten fruit that hasn't fallen off yet, it may look like it's good, but on the inside, it's beginning to rot. That's not going to hold on, be able to hold on and begin to have that stench and that that's That rotten smell. What's going to happen is during the shaking, that's going to come off. All the, all the bad fruit will fall off along with all the dead branches and all, uh, all the things that cannot survive. Everything uh, that can be shaken will be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. The good things will be remaining. Uh, all the bad stuff and corrupt and broken things will, be, will fall out of the tree because of the shaking that takes place. But as violent and unpleasant and as painful as that shaking might be, it is a good thing to be shaken. We all need to be shaken up a little bit. Because we think we're a, we're a fine, we're, our tree is fine, but how many dead branches are we still holding on to that if God would just shake us and shake our very soul and, and, and shake the ground beneath us that things in our life would fall off, uh, things that may be holding us back or blocking out some of the light that God is trying to shine into our life. If, if we're holding on to these things, we're not growing Like we should be growing. And not only that, what if God wants to do something new in us? There has to be a shaking. That everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Why? So that something new can come forth. I don't know about you, but I want God to do something new in me. I want something new to spring forth that God has never done before, that I've never experienced before, that God's never used me in before. But before anything like that can happen, a shaking has to happen. Get rid of all that old foliage. Cut out the things that are blocking and hindering the light from shining in. And and, and it may not be a sin, but it may be blocking something. You may be okay with it in your life, but you may be a lot better if you cut that out and let God get some new life in you. Begin to grow and nurture uh, the healthy things in your life. And so... We always like to rush to the to the to the verse, create in me a clean heart and and renew a right spirit within me. But which is what we need. We all need that. But that's verse 10. That means there's nine verses before that. We get to that point. What 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 got, how did David get to the point where he says creating me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. I'll tell you what got him to that point. The first nine verses talks a lot about a breaking and dying out and crying and and repentance and and having mercy upon me, Lord, and and cleansing my life and my heart. There's a shaking that took place in David's life, a shaking getting rid of all those things that are evil and corrupted and and are are wearing them down and leading them down the wrong path, But, but but a shaking took place and after the shaking he says created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me why because he knew that God's gonna do something new in his life if you believe that would you stand with me today 2nd uh, Corinthians 5 and 17 says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm here to tell you that that verse that we identify with, there was a shaking at some point in our life, a shaking under the hand of God, the the fear of God that led us to that altar of repentance, saying, God, forgive me of my sins. Help me to turn from this life. Uh, I mean, to cut away that old habits and those old ways, uh, uh, dying out needs to take place. A shaking of your very soul needs to happen in order for God to do something new in you because he wants all those old things out, hindrances, barriers. If, God, if you allow God to shake you today, I wonder what would fall out of your tree It may be just some old dusty branch. You may not even deal with that anymore. That's that's great. When God removes it out of your life, it's gone. It may be something, a branch or some fruit that still has a little bit of life in it. But we just need God just to provide a shaking. And if that can't hold on, then it needs to go. And it's not, it may cause some pain, but that's okay because we know that after the shaking happens, God begins to do something new because there's more space. There's more things to work with. There's more opportunity now because we're not holding on to so many things, but we've cut cut things out and, and let things go and say, God, uh, begin to grow me, God. Begin to mold me and shape me into the man or woman you've called me to be. I believe that there is a shaking that is coming to this church and it, we gotta be willing to say, God, shake me, Lord. Shake my heart. Shake my life. God, get rid of the weights or sins or things that are holding me back that I may not even understand but if he, I'm here to tell you you let God shake you today, if you let God stir up your heart, he's going to convict you of some things. You're going to go home today and say, hey, I got to get that out of my life and let God begin to do something in me. But we walk in the flesh, but we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Some things have to be pulled down. Some things have to be shaken so much that they just fall down. Casting down imaginations. There are things that are high that need to be brought down. And every high thing that has exalted itself against the knowledge of God every building that is built up in our mind that is constructed by our logic or our tradition this is oh, we this is tradition we don't touch that building everything that is highly exalted above the knowledge of God has to be brought down somehow there needs to be a shaking and if you allow God to shake your life to shake your mind to shake your thinking to shake your your habits in your daily life, if you allow God to, to have that, I think, I know he'll tear some things down in your life that don't, that don't need to be there. And God says, I want to do it because I want to raise you up. I want to strengthen you. I'm going to build something great in you. And there needs to be a shaking in every one of your lives and our lives today. I mean, if you want God to do that, will you come today? Will you come down to the altar and say, God, whatever it is in my life, God, break it in me. I don't want to hold on to it any longer.
1: I know it may be painful,
0: but I know you're trying to do a work in me. Come on, let's worship. Let's seek God. I
1: see the chains falling. What is it, God? Cheers.
0: Hallelujah. How many know there's freedom in this place today? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, that we need a shaking in our soul, not just today, but every single day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Acts chapter 4 says, When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened was uh, the shaking took place, but now what does it say? And they spake the word of God with boldness. See, what happened was Acts chapter three and four, Peter and John did a miracle in somebody's life and they're they're being persecuted about that. And they didn't know what to do. The church didn't know what to do. Uh, and, and so they were told not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. And so they, they didn't know what else to do. And They said, hey, we need to pray. We need to pray about it. And so what happens is they, they began to pray and there was a shaking that happened. And then pretty soon the new thing that came forth is, hey, they told us not to speak in the name of Jesus, but the Holy Ghost is doing a new thing. And now we're going to speak. He's giving us boldness to go out and speak the word that we know we're going to obey God rather than a man. And what happened, they got that after a prayer meeting, after the place was shaken and their boldness was uh, given to them to go and preach forth the word of God. And so there needs to be a shaking in every one of our lives. If God is going to do something new in you, and if you if it, if you think about, well, God needs to shake God needs to shake that person. Well, you just confess that you're worse than them. The only one that I should be worried about shaking is me. I got enough problems in my life. God, you need to shake me. I don't have time to look at your tree and what, I, what God needs to shake in your life. No, that that seems a little bit uh, pharisaical or self-righteous. Oh, they, they're they the one needs need to touch. No. You know, when an earthquake happens, everybody is shaken. Everybody's shaken to the core. And so you worry about letting God shake you and maybe who knows speak some faith or some life or some fire that got a hold of you and spread to them. Amen. So if we all worry about God shaking us, I think we'll all be okay. It's when somebody says, oh, I don't need any shaking, they need shaking. Well, there, there's a problem there. And it's not the problem that needs shaking. It's the one who thinks they don't need to be shook. Every single one of us has branches branches dead branches decaying branches things or whatever weights in our life or traditions or habits things they're not sins i'm not talking about hopefully we're not dealing with sin but there there are things foliage in our life that can be cut out and allow more light in and more light comes in means more growth right So I don't know about you, but I want to see God do a new thing in me and in you, and I think there's a new thing coming for the church, but he has to shake the church first. We got to be okay with God shaking us. God, whatever it is that you want to take out, whatever sacrifice it is, I'm willing and ready to do it and to go forth and to let God do a new thing in us. Amen. And who knows what's going to happen. I just know it's all good. When we let God do his will, his way, it's all good. And it's always way better than we ever imagined or we ever thought. And so uh, uh, let's every single one of us ask God to shake us today and this week and every day in prayer. God, shake me, remove anything, expose anything amen. that does not need to be there, that I can become who you want me to be. Amen. If we all have that prayer, we'll do good things through the help of the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank
1: you. God bless.